Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show. It's questions from the audience. It's me and Gangster Pete in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. And we're talking it over today with you, your questions. And uh, I've, I've neglected to answer emails over the last couple of them, I feel, or I've just gone long on a couple of emails or fan page posts. And so I'm just like, okay, I've got a bunch of them and I want to make sure I get through as many as possible. And I said to Gangster Pete, because we just got done doing one of our uh, family interviews. I think I have a name for the family interview venture, um, but the domain is owned I guess people just buy up domains left and right. Gangster Pete, do you like, you know the name. Do you like the name? On a one to 10, grade the name that I think I'm going to go with. Be well, honest with me. You've here. never really explained to me the reason you like the name, but I like the alliteration aspect of the name. Oh, really? I think that's a good thing. So I give it, I give it an eight. Oh, okay. That's good. I thought you weren't a fan. Um, My only issue with the name, if you really want to know. Yeah. And is, we're, we're being cryptic here, so this is terrible. If I but just it's fine. heard the name, I wouldn't know exactly what it is. Right. But I don't think there's really a name that's going to be short and sweet to the point that can do that. And, it, and, and my, and which is, I think is very fair because my wife and I had the same conversation. And again, once again, I realize we're not giving the name and people will be like, this is fucking terrible. I'm <laughs> skipping through it. But if you would have said in 2004, uh, yeah, it, cause of course this is the exact same thing, but, uh, yeah, Facebook, right. you, you know, so it, it like, so the thing becomes the thing, but you want it to be, you know, not necessarily monosyllabic, but you want to keep the syllables to a minimum if possible. Cause a lot of people suggested names, including like my mom who's like, come try to come up with a name and you know, a bunch of listeners have, and then it just becomes like a long thing, which is great in a, in a vacuum, but you realize it, it, you're ideally creating a brand and the brand therefore can't be, you know, 10 words or, or even five words for that matter. So that's, that's the thought process. You anyway, it's owned by somebody also. and the person, I didn't realize this. I don't know if you knew this, how much people charge for domains. Like, and I, it's, I don't have a problem with it. some people like, fuck them, but that's business. You yeah, know, that's some of them do. are a lot higher than I thought. Oh my God. Like we like joke around about Pocket Tube. Pocket is $27,000. Yeah, I, I mean, had no idea they were that high. Yeah. But I, one of the people who I'm potentially working with on this venture from an investment standpoint, uh, this is more in his area, not domain squatting, but that, you know, sector of technology uh, and, uh, and, uh, and he'll go, okay, well, I found this one, but this one's owned by a Ukrainian, uh, brokerage firm. And they're always very difficult to negotiate with him. So really, I got, what do I, and he goes, yeah, that, that goes, that's probably going to be three quarters of a million dollars. I go, excuse me. <laughs> I'm going, oh, maybe a thousand. He's like, no, probably $70,000. Like, okay, we'll probably pass on that. We'll probably pass on that. So this is a world that I'm having my eyes open to. Um, but either way, we just got done doing one of those. And I said to Gangster Pete, uh, let's cap it at a half hour. So I'm actually going to start my clock. Let's see. Uh, and so we've probably done a couple minutes already. And I will make sure that I cap it at 28 minutes. But we're going to go into it. And we're going to go into it real nice. Like we're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com. If you're buying a house, if you're refinancing, support the podcast. And make sure that when the time comes that you're doing business with the home loan expert.com, it's not like I'm recommending some random you've never heard of. We're talking about somebody who's been with me for a decade and you now see growing well beyond the state of Missouri. Uh, well, there's a reason for that. He does it right. And he takes care of people. Let him take care of you. Home values are high. Interest rates are low. It's the time to refinance. And you know what? I realize it's February, but we're only a month away from going, oh, it's a 68 degree day. This is going to be nice. It's going to happen. That's home buying season because people want to be in their homes for school. Make sure 
that you are armed with a pre-approval from Ryan Kelly. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Do it, and you can do it right now. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Support the sponsors. Make the whole thing possible, along with Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Online at EvergreenSTL.com. He's a very good man. He's a smart man, and everybody needs a financial advisor. I'm not talking about like, hey, what do you think this stock's going to do? Sure, that's under his umbrella, but somebody just to get on the right path. That's what I was missing in my 20s. Now I've got it. And I sit there every morning before I come in and do the radio show and I enter my transactions and my spreadsheets and I go, oh, good, I'm ahead of this or I'm behind this this month. And it's just, oh, if I could have been doing that in my 20s. Oh, if I could have been doing that in my 20s. You can do it. You don't need to be as bat crap as I am, but you just need to have somebody to guide you. Mark Hanna's that person online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. All right, it's questions from the audience. I'm just going to go in order the ones most recently received, and I ideally can answer all that I have saved here in my QFTA file. Okay, this is from Tom. I think this guy lives in Columbia. Uh, okay, back with uh, more TMA questions. This one is for both you and Pete, so it's good that Gangster Pete is here. Mount Rushmore of current TMA emailers. So this is a radio-specific question, which I know some people who listen to the podcast don't listen to the radio show. You would think there's a huge overlap, and there probably is, but it's not as 100% synced up as you would think. Gangster Pete, I will yield to you. You order the emailers every day. Well, I would say my top two. We'll, we'll, we'll be synonymous That's here. That's right. Timmy Tom Tom and Carlos Baisuin, right? I assume we're on the same page. No. Oh, no. No. Nope. DJ Gabe. DJ Gabe, yeah, number one, and Tunnels are my top two. So I think I probably just went with my Mount Rushmore. And then... Timmy Tom Tom would be third. Then my fourth spot might be this Thaddeus St. Pierre. You like what he's doing. He's I like flashy. what he's doing. He's got a lot of T5 finishes, but he doesn't have a win If I yet. have to commission the Mount Rushmore right now, mm-hmm. I'd put Carlos Spicy Winners at fourth spot. But that that spot could but be But you feel like Thaddeus St. Pierre, St. Pierre is a guy who's a value player right I, now. I like he's what he's 7,600 on DraftKings this week. Pick him up. Next question. Hey, Tim. I am 100 I am with you 100% that Trump will be reelected in November. Additionally, I understand the primary process and the party's propensity fun with alliteration. How about that, gangster Pete, if you like alliteration? I like that. Additionally, I understand the primary process and the party's propensity to start to the left and drift toward the center as we get closer to the general election. I don't remember this once. So this will be With that said, I am perplexed by the fact that the Democrats are continuing to press for the far-left candidates as opposed to finding someone who can grab a portion of the independents. I would imagine that even if said moderate is barely to the left or even slightly to the right, the Democratic electorate would far prefer that to President Trump. Do you believe that something will break in this process and they will come to their senses or will they continue to head down the path of getting mauled in November? Do you think that as a country, either party is too far gone to accept a candidate that does not assimilate to all of their beliefs, particularly social issues? Personally, I just don't think the Democrats can make the electoral map work as it currently sits. Don't think that any candidate at this point can get past that, but know there's a better path forward if they move a different direction. Thank you. I don't know if this person wants their name read, so that's, I'll just leave it there. Gangster Pete. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I feel like the Democrats keep pandering to the extremes instead of worrying about what the moderates think, which is a lar- a much larger group. And they've had four years to figure it out, and they just haven't done it. Like, even the Nancy Pelosi thing last night, tearing We're up doing the speech. this, uh, this podcast the morning after the afternoon now, after the State of the Union. I have 
staunch Democrat friends that are just like, that's a bad look for us. Like, there's no point for her to do that. But it really appeals to the more radical side of the party. So they just keep doing, that's just a minor example, but things like that that just don't make any sense if they want to win an, uh, an election. A couple things on that with regard to the State of the Union, and I said this at the tail end of the radio show um, this morning, with regard to the handshake thing, here's what I theorized, and you heard my theory. I'm curious what yep. you think on it. Donald Trump, and I make it clear, I feel like at this point now weekly on the program, that I don't know a circumstance in which I would vote for Donald Trump. That's where I am, and I know that upsets some of the listeners. And I actually have a, what I think is a thorough response from a, a person who's uh, at least a supporter of Donald Trump. I don't know if a huge supporter, uh, and I'll read that uh, coming up. Um, but it's just, and I'll, and I'll for what it, for it, I, the truth is important to me. That is just in, in, in feeling like whoever is in office, and I don't give a damn if it's a Democrat or Republican. I really don't. The person, when he or she is alone, is going to do what he or she thinks is for the greater good. That's essentially my criteria. Um, so what has gone on with this is, you know, is exactly what I thought back in 2016. It's, you know, exactly what I thought would happen, actually. Um, so with that all said, um, I make no secret of my um, lack of fondness for the current president. However, and maybe some of you will find this refreshing because I don't really feel like you see this too often. Um, I still have to call a ball a ball and a strike a strike. He did not shake Mike Pence's hand either. I think that was by design because he didn't want to shake Mike Pence's hand and then not shake Nancy Pelosi's hand. So I think he had probably been told. Um, but either way, the plan was for him not to shake either hand. And I think she might have known that. And then to make a scene, went for the shake when it became clear he wasn't going to shake and then made the reaction. I believe that that is what happened. So let's start on that, Gangster Pete. What do you think of my theory that I just said to you? Uh, I think it's a good theory. You I disagree think, with it? I can tell no, by the way you're exasperated. No, I don't disagree with it. I just, I don't see how you can apply any like societal norms to Trump because he just kind of does what he wants regardless. Well, I, but, but I, and I get that, but while I'm talking about Nancy Pelosi here, I don't oh, think yeah. he was shaking hands with either. Well, I think... I, and I think she knew that and then, then made a scene of the lack of the shake. She was ready for the spotlight last night. So that's what I think was I, going I, on. I agree with that. Uh, but now I don't, I mean, I don't know, but that's what I, I do not think that... Like, people are like, oh, that was savage. You didn't shake her hand. I'm like, well, you didn't shake no. Mike Pence's hand either. Was that savage? You know, but I mean, I know if you're like pleasuring yourself to Donald Trump, it's like, oh, yeah, another moment, you know. Um, but like, if you're, you know, uh, all fired up about Nancy Pelosi, uh, you know, good for her for ripping up the State of the Union. Um, so here is my observation coming from someone who makes it clear, I feel like weekly because the questions are asked and I feel like we get in politics, uh, that I think that that was just his plan. And I think she made, I think she exaggerated it or knew he was not going to, and then made that to be a thing. Uh, cause if I'm not mistaken, Hillary Clinton intentionally did not shake his hand at one of the debates, uh, on the other side, well, not necessarily on the other side, but taking us back in history, John Boehner and Barack Obama had some battles, but I always felt like and in, in reading some interviews with Boehner since he's left, I always felt like he was a really good man. Again, these are my intuitions. Who, while he disagreed with the president at the time, President Obama, 
I didn't feel like he was, I, I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong. People go, oh my God, you're the worst. I can't believe you're saying this, but that's what I thought. Or maybe you're like, oh, you, but I thought both Obama and, and Boehner were good men, you know, um, acting in what they thought was in the best interest, who I think are looking at this now and going, oh my God, this was like just a few years ago we were there and look at this thing. Um, and so with regard to, to ripping up the State of the Union, just, just really, because I, I mean, just, just like really, you know, and then she said, well, what else was I going to do? It was a bunch of mistruths. And yes, factually, and I realized those who thought it was the greatest thing ever. Uh, what is he have a 94, 95, 94% approval rating in the it recent Gallup poll. Or uh, like, it's the greatest thing ever. And then those who do not like him, it's the worst thing ever. You know, I mean, it was, it was theater. It was absolute theater. Wait, 94% of the people thought it was great? No, 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 no. Oh. He has a 94% approval oh, rating with okay. Republicans with the latest Gallup poll. Uh, and so I'm sure for those people thought it was the greatest thing. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm looking at this and I'm just, it's the, it's the first time where I watch this and it's not even him because I've, I've said this since he was elected and I know you weren't a part of the show in November of 16 that Greitens actually concerned me more than Trump because I felt like I knew what Greitens was, but if you weren't paying close attention, you didn't know what Greitens was. And again, this has nothing to do with, you know, whatever sexually he was up to. I mean, whatever, you know, everybody's got their things, including myself. I'm at the top of the list. But so that's that, that whatever. I'm talking about being uh, out for himself and hurting the country. Uh, if he were to get into that spot, I'm talking about Eric Greitens. Uh, Donald Trump is who he is. I mean, it's it's out on full display. You either love it or you hate it, but it's it's out there. Greitens was a wolf in sheep's clothing, as they say. And that's why I was actually more concerned about that. And I thought he was going to win too. I've been hitting on these left and right, and it concerns me, uh, which is why when this gentleman sends in his email and says, I'm with you 100% that Trump will be reelected in November, I feel even more confident now. We're also two days removed from the debacle that was the Iowa caucuses. Now, that's like for those who are Trump people like, see, you know, and I'm like, what, what's this got to do with Trump? But whatever, I recognize it for whatever it is. It's just, you know, everything's got to be a victory or a loss. And it doesn't matter even if like it's somebody who's like on, on the absolute wing of the party. Everybody's got to be associated with that member because that person's a member of the party. But what the way I look, here's what I would have told you. So I was wrong on this. And I guess I, here we are, as Pete and I record this, we're 48 hours removed from it. Um, I would have bet big time. I actually was thinking about betting it, by the way. Gangster P was minus 230 that Bernie Sanders was going to win that. And I guess he still theoretically could. I think the last time I saw it was 72% of the precincts were reporting and, and Buttigieg was still up by about a point and a half or two points. And I also would have bet that Biden was going to have a really bad night. Um, I did not expect Buttigieg to do as well as he did. So I was wrong on that. I actually would tell you, and I'm curious what you think on this. I'm glad that we're in here together on this one because I want your opinion. I think the best chance the Democrats have of the people who are in the Iowa caucus. Okay, so I'm intentionally saying that because the Bloomberg thing to me is kind of this a value play if you want to throw $100 down on something, uh, observing the way that this is going. You're agreeing with me on that. Yep. Uh, that the best chance of Buttigieg, Sanders, Warren, Biden, Klobuchar, and then, you know, if you want to go into the, you know, the people on down ticket. So again, not including Bloomberg. 
Uh, I would say Buttigieg has the best chance to win. I agree. Because I do not believe, even though I think people buy into Sanders' authenticity, that he means what he says, I do not think that for those who are kind of on the, my God, what is this that we're watching camp, which I think is a healthy portion of people, that they will vote for somebody that they believe to be or is, by their definition, a socialist. I just, I, I, so I, I don't think, I don't think he would win. Now, maybe I'm wrong. This is not, this is a take, deal with it. And now tweet at old takes exposed and get me these. This is just looking at what I'm seeing on the landscape right now. The thing is, I don't think Buttigieg has the same, maybe I'm wrong. Cause I keep going back to authenticity, which I think has great value in 2020. And we spent some time on that last week or two weeks ago when we talked about it. I just wonder on him. I'm not saying that that means he's a bad person at all. That's not where I'm going at all. But I just wonder. Ever since Tony Messenger was in here and he he drew the parallel with Greitens and Buttigieg, I haven't been able to shake that. I, I certainly don't th- see it like exact by any means. But I'm kind of looking at it a different way. And I've watched him do interviews and he uses the exact same lines. And I... I don't know. And I get it. You're doing God only knows how many interviews, and how many speeches, how can you not? So that's really not fair. But I just think he's got a chance to appeal to people who would otherwise vote for Trump. Whereas if it's Sanders Trump, they might go, yeah, I think Bernie Sanders is a, a better human being. But God, his policies, I can't get on board with. Um so, you, so you're with me on this, that yeah. Buttigieg would have the best chance of the of the ones who, who ran in the caucus. I think by far okay, he has the widest appeal of anybody that ran in the caucus. And he'd have the best chance of holding his own in a one-on-one with Donald on a big stage. I, yeah, I, I, that, that, I, don't, I don't know on that. I don't know on that. But, you know, because he gets asked about that and he goes, well, I've taken harsher incoming than, you know, misspelled tweets you know it's his go-to line on that it's like all right man okay but once you get in the arena and you got him doing what he does i do think this by the way ryan kelly's the home loan expert and he is the sponsor of our studios here on the tim mckernan show without him we don't have a podcast so make sure you're supporting our sponsor ryan kelly the home loan expert.com and with interest rates dropping and this being home buying season this is a prime time to get in and get yourself a great rate and lock in. Or if you want to refinance, now's the time to do so. Ryan Kelly's the person to do it with. He is online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, the studio sponsor of this program. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. In in a moment of despair, less than 24 hours after the State of the Union and less than 48 hours after the Iowa caucuses, I think it is a wonderful thing, and this might be a voice in the wilderness of positivity, I think it is a wonderful thing that a gay man just won or at least performed very well in Iowa and in a number of rural places. I mean, eight years ago, Barack Obama was not for gay marriage. He was uh, upstaged on that announcement by a Joe Biden meet the press appearance, which I happen to be watching live when it happened. I'm sure the White House is like, that was not supposed to happen. But uh, 
I think that's a great thing. I mean, what a, isn't that a great thing? Yeah, I mean, I was actually shocked. Like, I didn't think he'd really have much of a chance in Iowa. And then when I saw those results come out yesterday afternoon, I was like, wow, that's that's cool. And it's not necessarily because, oh, it's so great that, that, that somebody who is gay won, just like it wouldn't be if somebody was straight won. I don't really— Yeah, just I, that, it, that stuff shouldn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. But if But at the same time, for some people, I know it is going to matter. Right. But what I what I'm saying it's like you know I observe this stuff and it's going to be I'm, this is like this is like my black hole and the questions from the audience pop, but it's what I feel it's I feel very serious about it. It's like okay like on the left it's like well you know he's a white man. It's like well fuck can you imagine if there was a white male senator standing up there and saying well she's a black female the person <laughs> would be done and understandably so. I just, I just don't get like how this, that, that part of this like conversation is like, well, that's okay, but this is wrong. And it's just like, what the fuck are we doing here? So I'm just like, everybody's whatever. And you like them. This person, for whatever reason, resonates with you, whether it be policy or you get a vibe of sincerity or he or she matches up with what you think is in the best interest of the, the country or your family, however it is that you vote. But I think it is a, if you would have told me at the turn of the century, so 20 years ago that we would have a black president in 2008 and through the Iowa caucus in 2020, a gay man leading, I just, that wouldn't, that would have seemed so, for, so that's why, you know, what is it that the Barack Obama would always say? The arc of justice or something, there's some arc of history always goes toward justice. I don't know, something like that. So the, the premise being, I know some people. Especially if you just bends live on Twitter. Justice. What is it? The arc of history bends towards thank justice. Thank you. Thank you. Did you look that up or did you know it? I looked it up. I noticed. I thought some reading, but it would have been brilliant if you would have known it. I stumble. Well, I fumble. Fuck I my mean, way through. I thought it was that. So you could still call <laughs> me brilliant. Uh, that, you know, if you, if, you, if you just sit on Twitter all day or whatever social media platform and you're in those bubbles or you watch cable news and it's just like, it's everything's negative. Take your pick. Because, I mean, I get it. That's what sells. That's what gets people to react. But think about that. And I think that illustrates the, the the incredible progress. And I realize, don't get me wrong, you know, that, 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 that also, if you would have told me in 2000 that the country would be as divided as it is, I wouldn't have believed that either. So it does work both ways. But I think that's an incredible illustration. The, the one kind of gets people, okay, whatever, so he's gay, who fucking cares? Which is kind of the way it should be. It's like, okay, so how's that affect his policy, you know? Do I think he is a good human being who will act in the best interests of those he or she represents? And I think he or she is the best one, and therefore I will run. Oh, he sleeps with men. Oh, he sleeps with women. Oh, he sleeps with both. Okay, what fucking cares? What does it matter? You know? And I think that's great. So I realize there's the video going around of the woman at the Iowa caucuses <laughs> who's, like, voting for him and then finds out that he's gay and then wants her vote back and then, you know, gets in the argument. And by the way, I thought the person who handled that can say, in one respect, it's kind of like, well, you know, let her do what she wants to do. But considering how difficult that spot could have been and then somebody's holding up a camera, of course, to record it, I thought that person handled it very well. Um, but you know what? If that person wants to vote that way, then so be it. I mean, you know, I, it's not where I am, but, you know, for some people, that's what they believe to be right. And okay, you know, then, you know, it's not my responsibility to, uh, evangelize, evangelize my liberal social views or try to evangelize somebody's conservative social views. That's where they are. I personally disagree with it, but I think it's a great thing 
that a gay man in 2020 either won Iowa or finished in second. And it's like it's not even really talked to the point that this woman <laughs> didn't even know that he's gay. I think it's great. And so there's my voice in the wilderness of positivity um, regarding the um, election and moving too far to the left. I don't know. I, th- I feel like I feel like for a number of people, uh, they view um, they view uh, uh, Buttigieg as too conservative. He is he is not popular with those on the uh, you know the progressive wing of the Democratic Party at this moment. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm t- I, I, every week. I don't know if we're going to do this one week, Pete. And I'm going to go. Okay, who's here's who I think's going to win. I mean, I, I realize the elections by default, the primaries will by default provide clarity. But I've been consistent with this. I have no idea how it'll be Joe Biden. I'll say this: I don't know if we see Pete Buttigieg win another one. But based on what happened in Iowa, that's surprising. He's not. I, I, if he wins New Hampshire, then it's going to be like, okay, all bets are off. But how often do we see somebody win Iowa and then New Hampshire? Usually, it's kind of a but you can't you can't win the nomination. At least you got to go back to seventy six without winning one of the two. He's going to get buried in South Carolina. If he doesn't get buried in South Carolina, I'll be shocked. Uh, Wouldn't he have the best chance of flipping people on the other side? Because you mentioned that he's conservative. Like they're yeah, going to need. Yeah, that's some of why that. I said. I just. I mean, if you're. I just. If you're kind of in that. Yeah, I don't know. God, right. I can't stand this thing. You know, oh, yeah, my 401k or, you know, there are people who no matter what, because of the abortion issue, are going to be with Trump, which is another thing. If you would have told me in 2020, uh, 2000, which those people you aren't flipping. Anyway. Right. Exactly. Then you're going to have the people who just have old money or they've just made millions and God bless them. Uh, and that's where that's going to be. Yep. Um, the, the, I, I don't know the, the I don't know. I don't know how to describe that other. You know it because they're like the ones on social media that are active and they're not really the abortion people. And they're certainly not the multimillionaires. Uh, we're most passionate, but we know who we're talking about. I got you. Uh, yeah. I, I, they're not going anywhere either. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I just know it's there. Um, so I don't, so I, I don't know how many people fall on that bell curve, but, um, how many are available there? I don't know, but I would say that, that, that they're not, they're more likely to, to vote for Buttigieg or Klobuchar even than Sanders. And I think there's some people who in 2016 would have voted for Joe Biden, but are looking at him right now and going, it's just, it's just not there. And it's, and it's really a sad thing because had his son, I'm not talking about the one with, you know, the, the circle of controversy around him, but I'm talking about the one who passed away. If that doesn't happen, you know, maybe he runs. I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't have been able to win because it was already preordained that that was Hillary Clinton's time after 2008. I don't know, but I just, I don't know. I mean, I, he, I would have, if he doesn't win South Carolina, then it's over. Then you can, you know, but I would imagine here's some pre- predictions, which I never do. I don't do them on social media. I'll do them on the podcast. I imagine it goes Sanders Warren top two in New Hampshire. But if Buttigieg cracks through or if Biden or Klobuchar, who I believe is currently polling second, it changes things, but that's what I would imagine would happen. But Buttigieg surprised me in Iowa. I'll say that. But I thought Sanders was going to win that big time, and I did think Biden would perform poorly. All right, I've, I've managed to go 23 minutes and only answer two questions. Here we go again. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a, a financial advisor, but then it's not just any financial advisor. It's somebody who 
who knows but cares. Again, plenty of people can know but cares. And Mark Hanna helps everyday people every day get their finances organized. You can call him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503. Or go online to evergreenstl.com. His name is Mark Hanna. He is with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And I can tell you from getting to know Mark here over the last year, that this is a first-class person who has your best interests at heart and just calling him at 314-889-0503 is going to make you feel better and you're on the right track. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. Tim, I am blown away how the media will not move on from the Kobe story. Now, this email was sent five days ago, six days ago, actually, so... Uh, but I'm trying to answer them all. I feel like you are one of the few that can have an honest discussion about this without the woke crowd getting offended. I'm afraid everyone in the media is afraid to move on and be accused of not paying their proper respects, or it could just be a topic that producers know will get them eyeballs. I would love to hear your thoughts on this and thought it would be a good discussion. Um, thanks, Matt and Eureka. Um, here's what I will say about the Kobe coverage. I think, let me put it this way. If this would be three years removed or four years removed from Jordan hitting the shot on Russell and the Jazz in 98 and he dies in a plane crash, I think I would have a better appreciation for it than perhaps I do. Because for people who are eight years younger than me, maybe it's maybe it falls into you, Pete, being four years younger than me, five years younger than me. And like my wife, who's eight years younger than me. Like, she is, like, shook by this. We were with our son at Union Station going into the aquarium, actually, when we found out about it. She's like, I will always remember where we were when I heard. So I think for that generation, that's their Jordan. And um, and and I, 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 and I also think the element of fatherhood is the thing that even for people who didn't necessarily consider themselves huge Kobe fans or huge NBA fans, that it makes it, more brutal. That was the saddest part of the story to me was watching how close he was with his daughter and how they just shared that bond over basketball. Like that was beautiful. And that was the saddest part to me. Yeah. But, uh, I'm a Jordan guy through and through. And I think it's possible to respect what happened without like trying to win the Kobe sadness contest. I felt there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, I guess that goes on. I don't, I don't follow those people, you know, so I'm not exposed to it. It's like my wife will say, God, I can't stand going on Facebook because there's all these like political things. I I said, unless I'm on the fan page, I don't see a political opinion in my Facebook. And she goes, how do you not see them? Like, oh, I guess I've muted all those people. You know, I just, I'm not interested in it. You know, the people who I'm friends with are not the people who are going to, like, give a take on Trump or Bernie Sanders on Facebook. That's just not who I'm going to be, you know, having booze with or even people who I haven't really hung out with much in the last 25 years. There's probably a reason why we became friends, because we don't have that personality trait. And if that is you, God bless, by the way. I'm not talking about you, Pete, but I'm talking about people in general. They're out there. Yeah, it's just not me. It's just not It's not where I personally am like, did you see what Nancy Pelosi did to the State of the Union? You see Donald Trump ignore Nancy Pelosi last night. Further proof. You know, I mean, it's just like that's not. Here's every article that agrees yeah, with exactly, me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Here is obscure website with grammatical errors all skewered about. Um, so the Kobe thing did, Matt, open my eyes, but not, I didn't think it was a, a woke thing at all. I really didn't. And I'm I'll, and I'm happy to call it when I see it on that stuff. 
I just didn't see it that way. I didn't, I didn't see it like, I, I don't know. And I don't even know what the woke element of it would be actually. I mean, he's an African American man, but I don't, I don't know what's woke about it. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not shitting on the opinion. I might just be missing it. I just, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I think it was greatest player of a, a generation for those who maybe didn't have the same reverence because they saw him falling around with the wizards, Jordan, and uh, won a bunch of championships, and then for parents, and in particular for fathers, and the girl dad thing. I thought that by L. Duncan, who I always have yeah. seen on Sports Center, and always have thought her and Nicole Briscoe. I'm just like, man, they are so good. They really are. And, and Scott Van Pelt, I just like they stand out to me now because Sports Center is kind of like just plug and play whoever, and just like they're all kind of yeah, replaceable. Van Pelt. But they are so good. And I thought L. Duncan's thing, man. I thought that, I think about yeah. it now, and it like chokes me up. I thought that was so. Beautifully done. A minute 40. God, it was good. That was so good. It was so fucking good. All right. I said I would get to this Trump response, and so I will, and then that'll be it, Gangster Pete, because I'm going to cap the, I'm capping the clock. And where are we on the clock? I'm, I'm, all right. We're heading right on the 28 yep. minutes. So I'm, 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 I'm adhering to it. So last week, I believe this was in response to, I don't know what it was, but I kind of went off on a tangent. Um, did you read that article? You hadn't read the article yet. No, I haven't the read it. The grueling academic article. I started it twice. and then I. It's kind of like when I got going on Game of Thrones. It's right. like, okay, these motherfuckers are in the winter in the woods and I can't get past it. That's how I would describe it. And now it's, what is it? Uh, do you remember the article? New Republic. I know that. If you could look it up while yeah, I'm babbling. So that way I can point to people who didn't listen to last week's episode. But the point being of that article, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, is that there are some on the left, like kind of the elite of the left, so to speak, who like shit on Donald Trump voters and then tell them that the solution is education. So you're telling people they're too dumb. You're not necessarily saying it directly that way or you need education or you're too racist to see it or whatever, some shitty way to communicate with a human being. Um, so you're already like alienating them. And then the solution for your upward mobility is education. But of course, if you don't come from a family with money, you are going to accumulate a great deal of debt. And then therefore, your peers who do come from families with money, when they get out of school, they don't have the debt. Or if they do, it's from some kind of postgraduate work. And, and you do. And so you're not on a level playing field. And so this whole thing about education being the solution is a misnomer. But yet education is the thing that is imitate us, imitate us, imitate us. And that the whole value of a college education is that only so many people get a college education because if everybody gets a college education, then it's kind of like getting a grade school or elementary school education. It doesn't really separate you from the pack if you follow me. And so the premise really being self-awareness for the left. And I thought it was eye-opening because I think for me, as I said last week, 2020, the question that I would, uh, that, that for all of my life, you'd always hear, why are we here? Well, my question in 2020 is, how are so many people like wrapped up in this Donald Trump thing when it's like obvious? And I think they would acknowledge it too, that, that he lies. And like, why is that okay? Like, listen for them, not for me, for me, I'm, I've already told you where I am on it, but I'm talking like for them, like, why do they buy into something where they know that he's lying? And I realize there's some people who go, no, no, he's not lying. If you look at this obscure website that I bought yesterday on GoDaddy for $4.99 and you look at this picture of Barack Obama, you'll understand but I'm talking about not that wing. I'm talking in general. And so we, I thought we had a nice, you know, uh, discussion about it. And I appreciate this email. I disagree with a lot of it, but I still appreciate it. It was funny. 
like questions from the audience gets like, you know, three likes. And then this post got like 20 likes. I'm, I'm, I am the enemy of the audience. I've decided that's, that's where things are. Uh, my, my, the audience will appreciate me once I'm gone. I think that's what, that's what I'm going to have to accept. You know, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency is my insurance agent. So this is a firsthand endorsement of James Carlton and his staff in Webster Groves. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. I think a lot of people just go, okay, well, I've got a guy. I've got a lady. I'm good. I don't really care to talk about insurance. It's something, you know, I'm 25, whatever. And that's fine. I understand. I used to think the same way. And then I go down to my basement on March 30th of 2019 and the basement's flooded and the world changes. It just so happens because my interactions with James have been so positive that my wife and I switched to James Carlton uh, in late 2018. And I'm telling you, if we had not, the odyssey that has been a flooded basement throughout all of this precipitation in St. Louis would have been infinitely more difficult to navigate without somebody as active. And on top of it is James Carlton. His phone number is 314-961-4800, or you can go online at carltoninsurance.net. And even now, he still checks in. You know, I mean, it's it's just a different ball game. And even before we had that, which, of course, was a substantial issue, um, you know, we weren't covered on, on something, or I've forgotten to make a payment. It wasn't like it was like some monster payment. It was a small payment. He's like, hey, just so you know, uh, you haven't made this payment. We want to make sure that's taken care of so you're covered. It's just... It's, it's just different. It's different in a much better way. And that's why, you know, if, if you ran into me at a, at a bar or restaurant and said, Hey, you know, and I have had it happen. Hey, Tim, who's that insurance agent? People email me and I go, oh, it's James Carlton here. Let me include him on the, on the email. And I know he's going to be on top of it. I don't think twice about it. It's not like, I'm like, Oh yeah, let me tell you about him. And then somebody actually wants to follow up. And I'm like, Oh God, I hope he does. Okay. The best, the absolute best. And you're talking about your biggest investments. So you want to make sure they're taken care of properly. James Carlton and his staff at Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency will certainly do that. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Uh, Hello, Tim. For what it's worth, I wanted to give you my take on why Trump got elected and why support for him remains strong among certain groups. Number one, demonizing, ridiculing large groups of people. I agree with him on this point. We learned from recent elections with Mitt Romney, 47%, and Hillary Clinton, basket of deplorables, that it is never a good practice to ridicule a large group of people regardless of the political affiliation. The deplorable statement became the impetus for the deplorables movement. I agree with point number one. Number two, for many Republicans, I'm a registered Republican, uh, that's this gentleman saying this, there was a significant frustration with, quote, safe candidates like McCain and Romney. They were establishment Republican presidential candidates who essentially received the informal acceptance of the media. Yes, they were Republicans, but they didn't have a backbone and were almost apologetic, embarrassed for being associated with their base. McCain chose not to expose Obama for his questionable association with unsavory characters. See Jeremy Wright. I believe that's in reference to Reverend Jeremiah Wright. I'm not sure. That's got to be. Remember the... the, uh, pastor of Barack Obama's church in oh, yeah, yeah, 2008. Yeah. Yep. This, th- th- he lost me on this one. Uh, but I, you know, I'm, I know, you know, in, in that particular bubble that that was like the biggest thing in the world. Uh, so I'm out on this point. 
Uh, Romney came out swinging in the first debate against Obama and exposed Obama for what most Republicans believe to be an underperforming first term. I just think Obama just performed horribly in that debate. I do remember that. Mitt Romney absolutely won that debate. Uh, for whatever reason, Romney took his foot off the pedal and backed off after the first debate. Well, that's because he got beat, uh, in my opinion. That was terribly frustrating. Most Republican politicians seemingly fall into the trap of not defending their principles or themselves because they are deathly afraid of being called a racist or a bigot. I agree with that point. Trump does not fall into that trap, even though he is often times full of shit. Good, we're acknowledging that. He fights back and exposes the left for their hypocrisy and ineffectiveness. I would agree with that. Number three, it seemed like the wokeness slash cancel culture slash statue removals reached a fever pitch under the second term of the Obama administration. Even though many on the left, including Bill Maher, during his interview with Megyn Kelly, I watched that interview. I watched it. Uh, claim both the right and the left are guilty of the woke slash cancel culture movement. My take is that this movement started and has blossomed with the left. The first instances of the cancel culture, based on my memory, were Al Campanis and Jimmy the Greek. To, I, I don't know if I would use those as examples to like bolster my case, but I'm reading what's in the prompter. Uh, I think the left realized they could use the cancel culture to frighten political opponents and others in the media with the main goal of silencing dissent. There are many, I agree with that point though. So this, is this a sentence by sentence, agree, disagree? There are many mainstream liberals who despise the cancel culture. Um, I don't know if I would be, I don't know what I would be, I don't know what I am myself. Uh, I know I despise the cancel culture though. I, I despise groups of people attacking people without allowing those people to defend themselves. That's what I despise. And if that's left or if that's right or whatever it is, that's what I am. Uh, Trump, uh, let's see, there are many mainstream liberals who despise the cancel culture along with many independents and almost all conservatives. Trump represents the perpetual middle finger to the woke cancel culture that is perpetuated by the media. The more obnoxious and untruthful Trump becomes, the larger the middle finger becomes. Many Republicans get off on that realization. Um, yeah, I see that that would be attributing strategy to it. And I don't think that that's necessarily what he's doing. I think he loves rallies and applause and he knows what will get him applause. And so his motive is different than the motive of those who love it because they think that it's a middle finger to the politically correct where he's like, this is great. They love me. That's what I think's going on. Point number four, the American worker slash trade, Michael Moore, hardcore leftist and Michigan native. Thank you for explaining that to me. Predicted that Trump would perform much better than expected in the 2016 election in the Rust Belt states. Yes, I do remember that. You are exactly right. More recently made the claim that support for Trump in the Rust Belt working class areas has not moved one inch. I would agree with that also. Trump was the one who brought the issues of unbalanced trade deals slash stagnant wages for workers slash infrastructure slash reigning in illegal immigration to protect American workers to the forefront. These issues resonate significantly with the white working class in states that made up the Democratic blue wall. I agree with that. While Trump is going through an impeachment trial, his administration was sealing trade deals that transformed the landscape of how we conduct business with foreign countries. Uh, I agree with that. Number five, consistent support from evangelicals. I agree with that, and I haven't even read the sentence. Uh, I believe it is still the case that one out of every three voters is an evangelical. That is the case. Uh, it might even be slightly higher than that. Trump is an immoral brute <laughs> who has never seemed to live by a moral code. I respect this. I mean, he's at least calling balls, balls, and strikes, strikes. We disagree on some things, but I don't know. See his business dealings and his treatment of women as evidence. 
don't underestimate the role of Mike Pence securing the evangelical vote in the 2016 election. Regardless of Trump's personal immoral proclivities, his support from the pro-life movement, religious liberty, plays well, very well to the evangelicals and many Catholics. I agree 100% on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. So far, there's not a whole lot. Uh, the Jeremy Wright thing, I think, is a, you know, Hannity phenomenon. But um, almost everything he's written here, I agree with. Uh, yeah, single-issue voters. I mean, that's it's essentially kind of echoing what I said last week. We did talk about pro-life. You said, that's your mom. Yep. It's probably my mom, too. Uh, number six, culture slash immigration. I believe many in the white working class are susceptible to dog whistles or outright race baiting from Trump. Wow, God bless. I'm, I'm in agreement again. <laughs> Trump knows this and plays to their fears that illegal immigrants are going to take their jobs. Uh, graphic word, phrase regarding rape and turn their neighborhoods into third world civilizations. All politicians do it to a certain degree, but Trump, I agree with that also, but Trump is a master of taking one off for rare situations and make people believe it's an epidemic. Uh, yes, that, that's, that, that, that was all Fox News during the Obama administration, and now it's what CNN is doing during the Trump administration. They're just taking their playbook. I'm observing it, and so I'm kind of just nauseated by the whole thing now. Many Republicans and even uh, non-Republicans who are part of the white working class became very frustrated with Republican politicians pushing amnesty. They wanted someone who would talk tough and take action on illegal immigration. Number seven, uh, cult of personality slash celebrity, something that isn't discussed too often, but has become more prevalent in our society is the infatuation with celebrities. Trump has become a household name since the 1980s and made a comeback in the 2000s with The Apprentice. Trump plays up to his cult of personality slash celebrity status. I believe that plays into the numbers and enthusiasm uh, you see in his rallies across the country. You know, I don't know. I, I, I guess because it's like I feel like if even though she has no experience in politics, if Oprah Winfrey were to run, I think she would win. Don't you? And and you just and, and and ten years ago I would say and I'd be like what in the hell am I talking about? But I actually thought well I don't know if she would win. I think she she would put up a good fight. For I think sure. she would probably be the best of what is currently best chance of what is currently out there. And I don't know how the hell that happened. But I agree with this again. I don't know if that's why. I don't know. I don't know if it's I I I don't know if it's celebrities so much as people are enamored by the perception that he's a billionaire. That's what I think it might be more than the celebrity thing. I think, but I don't know. I guess we'll see with Bloomberg because he's doing the same thing, except maybe it's more, you know, powerful to people on the right. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know on that one. Number eight, Trump's performance. If you pay attention to most traditional media outlets, it would be difficult to find any positive stories on the Trump administration. I gave Obama credit for quite a few accomplishments during his administration. Obama was handed a terrible situation and turned the ship around. God bless this. How about this guy? Can we give him a prize? I mean, how often do you have this kind of thing where somebody... Not very often. Yeah, I mean, God bless. Uh, Obama was handed a bit terrible situation and turned the ship around. Yeah, it's like that's conveniently forgotten what was going on when he took over. Trump's accomplishments have been impressive. Unemployment rate, job creation, wage increases for lower classes, stock market, opioid crisis, termination of high-profile terrorists, neutralizing ISIS, trade deals, unemployment rate for minority groups, regulation reform, tax reduction, etc., this may not fall under the QFTA scope, but when I, I when I listened to your most recent QFTA podcast, I was motivated to share my thoughts. I welcome your feedback. That is from John. John, great email. Uh, I, I agree with a lot of what you wrote. Uh, I disagree with some of it, but I certainly appreciate uh, where you're coming from because I do get some of these kinds of um, of emails. 
you know, and they're, I, I don't know how else to describe. I, I, I guess in 2020, they're kind of normal, but for who usually is our audience on this and on TMA, they're kind of like the outliers of it, you know, kind of the, I don't know how to describe it. Like a sound off letter writer. Kind it was of like, refreshing to hear someone consider yeah, both sides. Right. And in like, you know, I know you say that you're not, uh, you know, you know, that you're on, you know, that you're not on a side, but you know, you make fun of Fox news, you know, so you got to get, we're watching you. And I'm just like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> and yes, I do make fun of Fox news. I think Fox news is absolutely responsible for some of the batshit stuff that has gone on in the country over the last 20 years. And guess what? I think over the last four years, CNN is following their exact playbook. So fuck me, I guess, but that's what I think. So I guess, unfortunately for you, I'm calling them both. So, you know, but good for this guy um, for laying it out. I think um, what he was attempting to do was answer the question of the why of the people who would not, because he, he brings up the evangelical thing. Okay, we already addressed that. Um, you know, he doesn't make reference to like the old money or people just inheriting money or just, you know, born into money, um, which is honestly a part of the world that I was completely unaware of. And, and it's not like I'm really exposed to it. I'm just, I'm now aware of it more, not because of me, but because of just being exposed to it a little bit more. And it's just a different world. And sometimes when I see those people on social media and it's like, God, it's like when you, you ever see golfers tweet about politics. Right. And you're just like, dude, you don't even realize like how you just, ah. Like people born on third base <laughs> think they hit a triple. It's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, you don't happen to have empathy for those who did get to work on their putting at four, <laughs> you know? But I mean, I'm not, but I, at the same time, I'm not mocking them, you know? Just like I wouldn't mock somebody who's poor and who's going, you know? It's just, but, it, you know. It's just a different, I don't know. But I also, like I said, listen, I mean, as I always, another thing that I feel like is becoming a constant of questions from the audience. I listened to myself in 2006 and I want to destroy all of the tapes. So, you know, with, with time comes some form of perhaps self-awareness that isn't there when you're in your twenties and you're on Twitter and like, yeah, good for Trump. You know, even though I've spent my entire life at, you know, uh, the medalist or, you know, at uh, bears club. So, you know, with that, with that said, um, I think I think he does do a good job of trying to explain how and why uh, people who otherwise, you know, because it's like, well, if you voted for Trump, you're racist. Well, how do you explain me voting for Obama in 2008 and 2012? How are we going to how are we going to play that one out? You know, so it's it's easier to just paint a brush, you know, and don't get me wrong. Do you think that he's got some racist in his vote? You better believe it. Absolutely. And I would also tell you there are a large number of people in 2008 who voted for Barack Obama because he was black. You know, so I happen to think incredibly highly of Barack Obama. I also think incredibly highly of John McCain. Um, I did not think very highly of either one of our choices in 2016. I don't know what I'm going to think in 2020. I really don't. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. I I mean, I, I really don't. So that's going to be, uh, you know, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Here, here's, here's the prediction I will give you. I can't give you who's going to win. I really can't. I have no idea. Um, I think I might actually throw some action on Bloomberg if I had to bet right now. Um, but with that all said, because he's like, he saw the caucuses and he's like, I'm doubling my advertising spend now. And for him, it doesn't mean a damn thing. It's like a nickel to him. Here's what I will say. I think they will be doing movies and books and documentaries 
on November 2020 for years from now. That's what I think. That's what I think. I think this is going to be, I'm not saying civil war-esque at all. I'm not saying that. It's a powerful thing to throw around, you know, when we're talking about actually we're going civil war and like violence. But if you're in the bubble, it doesn't matter what bubble, by the way. If you're in the left bubble, you think there's no way he's going to lose. Or there's no way the Democrats are going to lose. And if you're in the right bubble, you're like, there's no way Trump's going to lose. And actually, kind of surprisingly, the math indicates that it is a toss-up. Um, now, if I had to bet, I, at this moment, February, what are we on? February 5th, 2020, I would bet on Trump. But mathematically, it's not as much of a lock as I think it is. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm, I, I, the one thing that a lot of people have said and I do agree with is with all of this time and all of this frustration over November, 2016, wouldn't you have thought that there would be somebody better or a few people better for that matter to emerge as presidential candidates? That's, that's something. I, and maybe Buttigieg will prove to be that person. Um, I get I, I, of the people out. I, I don't know. Is there any, any of the people that, that you go? Yeah, maybe I can really get excited about. Anybody uh, you? I like Andrew Yang, but I know he doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would agree. I would agree with that. Science, I guess I, I'm I mean, so down ticket yeah. that I don't even, but I would agree with you. I'm on big that. 100% science agree and math. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I don't, I just don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't know where he can really make an inroad. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying about Buttigieg. It's like New Hampshire's defining for him because I, I don't know. I mean, Set your over-under of three and a half, and by that I mean place where Buttigieg finishes in South Carolina, and to me, I'd bet all day on under. You know, he's going to be lower than three and a half as far as where he he finishes. And then once it kind of goes out into the, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but maybe it can happen. It, it, listen, it, it's not like in, in, in Iowa in 2008 that Barack Obama be, be, was the Barack Obama of November 2008. You're only talking about a nine-month difference there. And that became, you know, you want to talk about cult of personality? If Trump has it, Barack Obama certainly had it for people. No question about it, and still does, for that matter. So maybe that can happen with Buttigieg. I just don't think it can happen with Warren. I don't think it can happen with Biden. I don't think it can happen with Sanders. I don't think it can happen with Klobuchar. I do think it could happen with Yang, but I don't think realistically, from a data standpoint, it will happen. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That, 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 that's the, when I saw that result on like Tuesday afternoon, uh, since the, the results came in so late, I thought, well, I think he's the one who had to have the best chance. I don't know how likely it is, you know, like, will his homosexuality then become a real thing? Like, will it become like an issue? And I don't know, but he did just at the very least finish. Cause as we're recording this, we're talking top, you know, two in Iowa. Maybe he won it. Maybe he finished in second either way. Again, I'll finish on a high note. I think it's a great thing that in 2020, a gay man, he didn't win mayor of San Francisco. You know, he didn't win mayor of a monster city. He won the Iowa caucuses. And for the most part, it wasn't even talked about. And I think that's great. And listen, I'm all for LGBT rights. That's not, that's not like, I'm like, this is anti, I'm just like, people voted for him because they liked him and he resonated with him. And they're like, okay, so he's married to a guy, whatever. It's not, it's not my thing, but you know what? It impacts me in absolutely no way. Like it used to be a thing like in the 80s and 90s. Oh, you're hanging out a gay guy. You must be gay. Or if you hang around him, he's going to, you know, he's, you're going to wind up participating in some gay activities. And people are just kind of, not everybody. 
But we have progressed so much, which I think is a great thing. So that's how we'll end it. Gangster Pete, oh, well, how long did I wind up going? Because I wound up, oh, fuck. Wow, that was another 20 minutes. I got you. Hey, it happens. Yeah, that's what <laughs> happens. Uh, all right. Uh, questions from the audience. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Uh, EvergreenSTL.com. James Carlton. Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Online at carltoninsurance.net. 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. He is my insurance agent. I recommend him to you as well. James Carlton. He is in Webster Groves. See those Google reviews. See those Facebook reviews. People love him. And they should because he does great work. His customer service and his staff make sure that you are taken care of. 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. And, of course, Johnny Landoff, Chevrolet Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth exit. Online at landoff.com. Chevy Find New Roads and Design Air Heating and Cooling. Designairservice.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. All right, that's going to do it for questions from the audience. Always send in your feedback. How about John? I don't know if he wanted his last name read, so I will not read it. And, yeah, he just wrote John, so... Uh, but great email. I tip my cap. I disagree with some of it, but I certainly agree with a lot of it. Uh, always feel free to email in tmckernan at insidestl.com for your questions to be read on the show or for your, uh, your thoughts, feedback, guest suggestions, whatever. Our guest this week is Learn from KC95. Uh, and then we had Keith Kachuk last week. Uh, so you can always listen to the podcast. Uh, of our interviews because oftentimes they are evergreen. Subscribe to the podcast, spread the word around, and support our sponsors. This is The Tim McCartney Show. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.